Yeah, this is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, before the break, we were chatting to Emmett Ryan about AI, but also about Elizabeth Holmes. And I told you about the book Bad Blood by John Kerry Roo. Just read it. It's fantastic. Uh, But I forgot to mention, because it kind of went out of my head, The Dropout, uh, which is a TV show on Disney Plus starring Amanda Seyfried, who plays Elizabeth Holmes, and it tells the story. And you do get a good bit of insight into the character that is Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, Take a listen. People have been using the Siemens machine for years. They trust it. It's reliable and it can run multiple samples at the same time. How? How? How what? How does it work? Someone tell me how this one works! What does it do that ours doesn't? Well, it it uses larger uh, blood samples. It's a completely different machine. So, barring me breaking it open and looking at all the parts, I can't tell you in any detail how it works. Why haven't we done that yet? Why haven't we broken into the Siemens machine? Well, because it's... It's another company's tech. Under no circumstances are we opening it up. It's not our IP. Okay, the branding for Theranos is a small portable device. The Siemens machine is a dinosaur. We know what the branding is, but this one works. Ours doesn't. Right now. Well, then we need it to work. Right now! You told him we could go in September! So right now is when we need this- Hey, don't talk to my sister that way. Hey, don't tell Sonny what to do. We're gonna launch in September with the Edison. How? How are we- Because- I put you in charge of operations and you're going to figure it out. Yeah, that is, it's so good. Uh, That is a snippet from The Dropout, which you can watch on Disney Plus and it does detail the story of Elizabeth Holmes. As you might be able to tell, I am fascinated by the entire thing. Uh, And the more I read into it and the more I watch about it, the more questions I have. Uh, But yeah. That's just a little recommendation for you now. Uh, Moving right along. A few weeks ago on the programme, we spoke to Ashling Dunn of Bolt about the status of the e-scooter legislation. And Ashling told us that it could be as late as next year before shared e-scooters are on our roads, despite the progress that has been made with the legislation. However, Bolt has just this week launched e-bikes in Bray. Uh, Ashling is with me once again. Uh, so Ashling, can you explain what exactly is going on? Absolutely, yeah. So we have uh, launched the Bolt e-bikes in Bray, just on the outskirts of Dublin. Um, and the, the service went live this week. Uh, we had a lovely launch there on Friday. And it will be providing up to 100 bikes for the people living in and around Bray and for visitors to connect them in with other public transport options. And I guess it's really exciting for us. You know, we already have e-bikes in Sligo, Kilkenny, Wexford. uh, But this is the first place in Ireland where we're starting to be able to have multiple modes of transport available through our app because we also have taxis in the kind of greater Dublin area. So it means that people can, through the same app, get multiple different transport options and there are some kind of cool innovations that you can do around that. Yeah, I think that's the important part, isn't it? Because, you know, I was on uh, with Dermot and Dave on Today FM earlier in the week and we were talking about how, you know, when you're travelling abroad or whatever it is, very often now you have to have one app for your airline, one app for your accommodation, another app for your maps. Having everything centralised is the key. And as I've picked up from our conversations in the past, you guys want to be the one stop shop for all things transport, whether you're in your home city or abroad. 
Yeah, so I suppose some of the cities that we operate in, and we're we're all across Europe uh, and parts of Africa and Southeast Asia, but specifically in Europe, I guess, where we started, um, we have cities where through the same app, you can book your taxi, you can see where your closest e-bike is or your closest e-scooter, you can book a car share so you can you know rent a car for 20 minutes to go from A to B and then park it and somebody else can rent it. And you can also get your food uh, from restaurants delivered or groceries. So it's really trying to remove that need for a private car if you live in a city because so many of those kind of transport needs are being dealt with all conveniently through one app, one payment, you're not having to have seven different apps to do it. So that's what we're we're trying to do. But we're also really keen to integrate onto, uh, you know, city apps. So where cities have a, a mass platform, like, for example, in Berlin, and the, the municipal city has a Jelby, which is a really good app where loads of operators are on. So you've got you know, the likes of us and some of our competitors, you've the public transport operators. And so people just have one account, one payment method, and they can see which service suits them for any given journey. And that's really kind of like where we're heading, because if you want people to move out of their cars, it just needs to be so easy. It needs to be seamless. And so having platforms like us who can provide a range of transport services is brilliant. Having a kind of city app where you know even competitors are on it uh, that's also great too so we're hoping that's the direction Ireland's heading can i ask uh, this may be a silly question but how come e-bikes are okay how are they di- you know how do they distinguish or are they distinguished from e-scooters well um it's all to do with and i'm sure the engineers on my team would would kill me for for butchering this description but my understanding is it's all to do with throttle and um, so the fact that the e-scooters don't require any kind of physical activity and they take off from like you know uh, uh, without needing you to to be actively engaging and um, puts them into this mpv category mechanically propelled vehicle which is where scooters have been um technically defined as since they were first invented or first kind of came on the scene a few years ago. Uh, And they'll soon move to being a powered personal transporter when the legislation, which finally passed uh, last week in the Dole, um, when it comes into effect. Whereas e-bikes, because you are actively moving and the battery is providing, I guess, an additional support, uh, they don't fall into the you know, current MPV definition and therefore won't be a, a PPT. But the e-bikes that have throttle that can go really, you know, a good bit faster, they are technically um, a mechanically propelled vehicle and they shouldn't be used on our on our roads under our current regime. But our bikes do not have a throttle and they're just a battery to help. And uh, if you've ever used them, Jess, uh, they're they're really lovely. You get all the enjoyment of cycling without the kind of hot and bothered uh, effect at the end of it. So, yeah, they're 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 great. means of getting around I've actually never tried one before and I'm I'm intrigued I don't live that far away from Bray so I may go down over the weekend and have a go but just talk to me a little bit about that in terms of you know if if someone can cycle can they use an electric bike does it take a while to get used to are there any safety mechanisms in place to ensure that people don't just you know take off and fly down the promenade Absolutely. So um, the the main thing is like the max speed that our bikes can go at is 25 kilometers an hour. And that you get up to that max speed if you're cycling pretty fast and then it's helping you get even faster. If you want to slow down, you know, stop cycling and the bike will slow down with you. It doesn't have a mind of its own. But 
for our new users, when you set up an account and you go to rent your first e-bike, you'll be put on beginner mode, which sets the max speed at 15 kilometers an hour. So it means that no matter how fast you're cycling, you're not getting the full kind of effect of the battery because we figure you're still getting used to being on an e-bike, which does feel a little bit different to a normal bike. And so that's one of the safety features. And just, you know, you mentioned there going down the promenade. The thing about Bray, and I suppose the benefit of some of the technology that's emerged in the last year to is that we can define different zones and within you know an operating area so we can define the edges of it you know if you try and go outside the bray area if you try and head towards the n11 for example uh, we put it as a no-go zone and the battery immediately switches off or you know gradually so that it, it, it doesn't cause anyone a surprise but it turns off and the user gets a very clear message i'm not supposed to be cycling here you know and it becomes tough to cycle because they don't have that battery support and they turn around and go back into the operating zone. Similarly, we've some areas that are set as no-go zones because we either think, you know, the, the road is maybe one way and very narrow and we don't want to risk a collision. And so there's a lot of safety features like that that can be put in both to support beginners and also to make sure that the service is safe. One of the things we spoke about last time was uh, in relation to the parking or the leaving of, you know, whether it is an e-scooter when they come or indeed an e-bike. And am I right in saying that, you know, if somebody tries to dismount and leave the bike, you know, in the middle of, of or on the side of a road or in the middle of a footpath or somewhere that's just, it's not meant to be, is that prevented by the app at all? So what's prevented is if they do that, they will not have finished their journey. So your average journey is about 10 minutes. Um, our current rate is 18 cents a minute with no unlock. So your average price of your trip is about €1.80. If you don't park it back into a virtual designated parking location, you can't click end my journey, you know, and, and finish off and pay whatever you're supposed to pay. And the app won't allow you. So it will continue to charge you for up to two hours. So I suppose in that sense, they can't just leave it there because it's going to become an unbelievably expensive bike journey for them. And so we it needs to be within an approved geofenced virtual parking bay before that journey can be ended. And if you don't do that, you will be charged for a long journey, which is, I think, about two, two and a half hours. And in terms of cooperation with the council, because again, in the context of e-scooters, we were talking about what needs to be done around the country to facilitate e-scooters on our roads. Uh, how much collaboration has gone in to this with, uh, I don't know if it's Wicklow, Wicklow County Council to ensure that, you know, the locality is ready, people will be aware, like will pedestrians need to be notified that there are going to be e-bikes in, in bike lanes and so on now? What, what way does that work? Well, I think collaboration with the council is the most important thing for a scheme. I, I think, you know, you have examples from across Europe of schemes launching, whether it's e-bikes or e-scooters, and kind of just arriving into a town or a city without kind of proper engagement with the council. And that's absolutely not a good idea. Uh, you know, the, the council uh, have worked very closely with us. This is an initiative that they wanted to bring in to try and meet some of their targets around improving active travel and um, and getting people out of their cars. We've had great engagement with them. I suppose what the council provide to us is uh, virtual parking bays or locations that we can then uh, geofence. 
So uh, sometimes that's existing bike stands, although you don't want to pick popular bike stands where they're already fully used with uh, with private, you know, cyclists vehicles. So you want to have potentially additional ones. Sometimes that's a car parking space that's been repurposed as a a new virtual parking bay. Sometimes it's based on private property. So we've had great um, cooperation and support from the local businesses in Bray and our other markets where they've said, this is great. You know, we're happy to give up one car parking space if it means up to 10 uh, e-bikes can can be parked there. Um, And, you know, that's good for their staff, good for their customers. So, that's we've we've had really good cooperation with the council. They're working closely with us around the communications this week, you know, putting things out on their social media pages on Bray.ie, making sure that the community is aware that this new service is available and the benefits of it. So it's really important to us. And we've had great cooperation from the council. Uh, the weather this weekend is it's classic Irish weather in terms of it's a mixed bag. It's lovely in some parts and it's going to lash rain in other parts. And I'm sure there are many factors that will impact people's decisions, um, whether they hire a bike like this or not. But say if the demand is through the roof, I see that you're launching with 50 bikes. If the demand is through the roof, is this something that you have the bandwidth and Wicklow, Wicklow County Council has the bandwidth to upscale in terms of adding more bikes? Yeah, so so I suppose the agreement that we have with Wicklow County Council is that we will have up to 100 bikes in Bray. And um, so the intention is in the coming weeks to increase that. We try to do it in a gradual way, I suppose, to, to get users used to it, to make sure we've got sufficient parking, to make sure there aren't any issues around, you know, too many bikes congregating at one parking location and that in itself potentially creating a hazard. So, you know, we're very conscious that this is a new service and thing and something that the local community need to get used to. But the intention is in the coming weeks to get up closer to the, the 100 bikes um, available. And the reason why that's important is for these schemes to be successful, people need to be able to start relying on there being a bike available for them when they need it. And so, you know, when you see this kind of smaller schemes launching with just, uh, you know, a smaller number of bikes for a really large area, the problem with that is the user can't rely on it. Mm. And so, so we think it is important to get up to that higher number of bikes and we'll be doing that in the next few weeks. As for whether we can be very flexible on a given weekend to, you know, roll out bikes that day, not really. But we do hope that once we get to 100 bikes, there'll be a really good coverage in and around Bray and that should meet all needs. In terms of the ongoing maintenance of a service like this, do you guys have a team who because you know I I live in Dublin and so I'd often see uh, the Dublin bikes being moved around on the back of a truck so from one area to another area again I I assume based on data of where people usually pick up bikes and usually drop off bikes is that something that's required on your end in this instance as well? Well, we do have a local team. Uh, we work closely with usually local bike shops or experienced people from the bike um, profession living in in the area where we're operating. So we have a local bike shop team in Bray, another one in Sligo, Kilkenny, Wexford. Uh, and the benefit of that is that they're you know usually based like on Bray Main Street, for example, uh, and are there if, for example, somebody does leave a bike outside of a virtual parking bay that they can be there within minutes to move it to the correct location Uh, and also they do the battery swaps uh, and then the regular maintenance um, and repairs as needed but uh, in terms of kind of redistribution that is less of a requirement with e-bikes so for example usually you'd see like e-bikes congregating maybe where they're coming from 
uphill and brought down and then people don't want to cycle back home up hills, for example, in somewhere like Sligo. And um, so that would be a problem with more your traditional mechanical bikes. But when they're e-bikes, that's less of a barrier. So you don't see that same congregation of bikes and therefore the need for redistribution. But we're also able to do some kind of interesting things where we can set a discounted amount or a discounted price for people to move certain bikes. So if you take a bike from this location where we can see we have too many bikes uh, and they've been there for more than four hours, so it's now half price to use those bikes to try and encourage people to naturally move them because we don't particularly want to be putting you know, more vehicles on the road to move bikes. That's sort of against our whole, you mm. know, um, principle. But obviously the very odd time it is a requirement if for some reason there's been an event and there is a total like distortion of the usual movement of bikes, we will move them. But as a general principle, they tend to figure themselves out. Um, and also we have tools in our at our disposal to encourage users to to move certain bikes because they'll get them at a discounted price. Yeah. Um, so Bray is uh, just launched this week. You mentioned the other areas where this is in operation. Will other parts of Dublin and the cities where you are operational in terms of the taxi side of things, will they get this service soon as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking to a lot of councils. There's, I suppose, some some big picture things happening in Ireland and probably linked to the fact that the scooter legislation now has passed. We're expecting the regulations to give effect to that in the coming months. So I guess, you know, some of the bigger cities are at a stage of trying to decide, you know, e-scooters and e-bikes, maybe as part of mobility hubs. Do you start including car sharing? And I think there are a lot of sort of big questions that are trying to be answered by the Department of Transport, the NTA, what's kind of the future of our city strategy. Um, and so it's why, you know, these sort of one year pilots are really useful for us. So we, you know, our first uh, scheme in Ireland was up in Sligo last summer. It was a one year pilot. We've just surpassed that one year mark and, and, and we're now moving into a, a more longer term relationship with Sligo County Council. But I suppose the benefit of the, the pilots is that it can give the council a really good opportunity to see what works, what doesn't. Do they want to incorporate other modes in the future? Do they want to make it long term? You know, has it proven successful at, you know, delivering on modal shift? So that's what we're hoping this will do. Um, and of course, yes, we're talking to to the other cities and hoping that there will be a bit of clarity, you know, in the coming months about what different types of services will be able to be offered to people. Brilliant stuff. Ashling, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us here on Newstalk. Thanks for having me.